Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
comes from uh, Yaakov Shweki here at JM and the AM. Before that, Ellie Schwebel and Abishter. The Adon alums, one done by Sandy Shmueli, one by David Perlman. Yeshiva Boys with Adir. You heard Adon Kolha Simcha done by Lipa. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. 631, 29 minutes before 7 a.m. on this Wednesday. Hello, everybody. It's November the 14th, day 6 in the month of Kislev, the year 5779. <clears throat> Tough Shanayan tests. 38 degrees. It's cold out. It's New York. It's mid-November. You'd think that we'd have some normal temperatures. It is 38 degrees outside and supposedly snow tomorrow. Was that an hour forecast? Yeah, rain and snow, it says. Wow. Um, all right. Uh, 38, 54% humidity, Windsor West at 10 miles an hour. Partly cloudy today with a high temperature of 41 than tonight. Partly cloudy and a low 31. Wow, that's cold. Rain and snow for Thursday with a high 37 Get ready, New York, New Jersey area. We got a storm coming. 
60 right now in Ushalayim. We're 38 in New York City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. Well, the defense minister of Israel, Avigdor Lieberman, has resigned. He is not a fan of the Hamas ceasefire. He is no longer defense minister. He's calling for new elections. Um, the uh, prime minister of Israel has defended the ceasefire. Uh, Hamas begged for a ceasefire and, quote, they know very well why, Prime Minister Netanyahu said Wednesday morning in his first public statement since the government agreed to a ceasefire in the south that went into effect Tuesday night. Speaking at Midrash at Ben-Gurion in Stable Care at the annual memorial for David and Paula Ben-Gurion, Netanyahu said that he cannot detail Israel's plans for the future regarding the situation in Gaza, but he said, quote, we will set the conditions and the right time for Israel and for the security of our residents. He has come under criticism from the right and from some residents of the south who wanted to see a much more aggressive Israeli response to the Hamas terror from Gaza. In times of Ben in times of trial, Ben Gurion made fateful decisions. Sometimes he did so contrary to popular opinion, but over time these decisions turned out to be correct, he said. In routine times, a leader has to be attentive to the feelings of the people, and we are a wise nation, but in times of crisis, at a time of fateful decisions regarding security, the public at times cannot be a partner to decisive considerations that must be hidden from the enemy. All right. Like I said yesterday, like I said yesterday, we just pray that God gives the insight and wisdom to the leaders of Israel to guarantee, to do whatever is necessary, to guarantee the safety and security of our brothers and sisters going forward. That's all we can hope for. Prime Minister Netanyahu seems to indicate that he's done that. Let us hope. Let us hope. JM and the AM, uh, Wednesday morning broadcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today, David Rubin's going to join us. He's written a book, Trump and the Jews. He'll join us coming up. Ding is also stopping by. Ding of Sookie and Ding has a major announcement this morning. He'll be stopping by our studio here in New York City. Lucky us. We get to spend some time with Ding, which we always enjoy. Anyway, it's a Wednesday, and I thank you for tuning in. The snow is tomorrow. Today we'll uh, hopefully have a normal a normal weather day. More coming up, including this from the New York Boys Choir. You are listening to JM in the AM.
היינו שם בנערים, יושבת לה בדעת, אני נמצא במער, ליבי הוא בטח שם. עולה אני אליה, מנשק את אבניה, הולך ברחובות, נרגש מהאור. אשכחך שוב לא אזכור דבר יותר, שלום בין חומותיי, אותך בלב שומר. בין אורות ודמדומים, בין תפילות הנשים, אני נמלא געגועים, רק לך ירושלים. לעד ירושלים. השאירו שם בנערים, שוכנת ללבד. הראש אולי רחוק, אבל הלב מרגיש נגד. Thank <laughs> you. 
אני מבקש ממך בכל ליבי ומזה התפילה שתנחה אותי בדרך ישרה בתורדי אני אורחת אורם שתדריכני
J.M. in the A.M. with Yehuda Green. The song is called Neshamala here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, before that, you heard Sim Shalom done by Shalshela. Sim Liner had Ribono. Jerusalem, that was Amram Adar, the New York Boys Choir with Yachad here at J.M. in the A.M. It's Wednesday with 38 degrees, partly cloudy, a high 41. Rain and snow tomorrow in New York, believe it or not. Temperatures in the 30s. Yeah, I guess winter has arrived. <laughs> way early, by the way. Two minutes before the hour, uh, our eyes, of course, and ears, um, are watching what's going on in Israel very closely. Moshe Leon has um, won the runoff for mayor of Jerusalem. So Moshe, excuse me, so Moshe Leon will be known as Mayor Leon uh, going forward as uh, he wins the runoff against Berkovich in uh, Jerusalem. Um. We mentioned earlier that uh, the Defense Minister of Israel, Defense Minister Lieberman, has resigned. He has resigned, um, noting that the Gaza ceasefire is a, quote, surrender to terror. And um, he is calling for new elections. The Prime Minister has defended his Gaza decision. As I said yesterday, we hope and pray that the leaders of Israel, especially the Prime Minister, um, makes a... uh, a decision that will keep our brothers and sisters in the South secure and safe in the long term. I am sure the Prime Minister feels he's made that type of decision. I pray that he's right. Coming up later on this morning, 7.35 Eastern Time, David Rubin, author of the book Trump and the Jews. Trump and the Jews. He'll join us 7.35, bottom of the hour, coming up here. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at com on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's all in the background. Our news from Israel is going to be coming up. Uh, in addition to David Rubin, Ding of Suki and Ding is going to visit us in the 8 o'clock hour this morning. Got a big circus announcement, Hanukkah-related. We'll talk about that coming up here at uh, during the 8 o'clock hour at JM in the AM. So that's fun. Hey, circus talk is always fun. And um, we are getting closer and closer to Hanukkah. Today is the 6th of Kislev. Getting closer and closer to what's going to be an amazing week at the beginning of December. We'll have all the programming appropriate for the holiday, of course, right here at JM and the Nachum Siegel Network. Spread the word among your family and friends. Spread the word. Want to wish a mazel tov to uh, Leah and Cantor Joel Kaplan and to Rabbi and Rebinson David Weinberger. Sheila and Mayer were married last night. It was an amazing celebration at the White Shul in Far Rockaway. So happy to be there. As I said to Joel, more and more smachot now during the year 5779, please God. And it was just an unbelievable celebration with so many incredible people. Uh, Shlemy Daskal did a great job as the lead singer. It was really a wonderful night. So Mazal Tov to the Kaplans and the Weinbergers from all of us here at JM in the AM. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday is next. We say Boker Tov from JM in דרמה במערכת הפוליטית. שר הביטחון ליברמן התפטר מתפקידו. במסיבת עיתונאים אמר השר, נכננו לטרור, זו רפיסות. אני לא מסוגל להסתכל למשפחות הנהדרים בעיניים.
מבחינתי שתי נקודות מפנה הקריטיות שאמרתי אי אפשר יותר זה הכנסת 15 מיליון דולר לתוך רצועת עזה לחמאס וכמובן אותה הפסקת אש אני מאוד מקווה שעד יום ראשון יגיעו לתאריך מוסכם לבחירות והבוחר כבר יחליט מהו קו הנכון ובליכוד הודיעו לפני זמן קצר, ראש הממשלה צפוי להחזיק בתיק הביטחון. מנגד בבית היהודים מאיימים, לא נישאר בממשלה אם בנט לא יקבל את תיק הביטחון. כתבנו הפוליטי מיכאל האוזר טוב. גורם בכיר בסביבת ראש הממשלה נתניהו אומר, אין הכרח ללכת לבחירות בתקופה זו. הממשלה יכולה להשלים את ימיה. כרגע תיק הביטחון כאמור יועבר לאחריות ראש הממשלה נתניהו, ובבית היהודי מגיבים גם כן ואומרים באופן רשמי, רק אם נקבל את תיק הביטחון והוא יועבר לשר בנט, נסכים להמשיך לשבת בממשלה ולקיים את הקואליציה. אם לא, הממשלה תתפרק. ובחמאס מגיבים על התפטרות ליברמן ומודיעים, עזה ניצחה, כתבנו לעניינים ערביים ג'קי חוגי. התפטרות שר הביטחון היא הודעה בתבוסה ובחולשה אל מול פני ההתנגדות הפלסטינית, כך טוען דובר חמאס סמי אבו זוהרי. לדבריו, רצועת עזה ניצחה בכך שהיא הצליחה לגרום לטלטלה פוליטית בחצרו של הכיבוש. עוד בחדשות, ישראלית בת 22 נהרגה במהלך טיול בבוליביה. כתבתנו טל זרביב. משרד החוץ הודיע כי צעירה ישראלית, כבת 22 ממרכז הארץ, נהרגה אמש במהלך טרק, טיול בדרגת קושי גבוהה בבוליביה. ההודעה נמסרה לבני משפחתה בישראל. מרגע קבלת הבשורה פועלים קונסולית ישראל בפרו, לימור שרמן, והמחלקה לישראלים בחו"ל, באגף הקונסולרי במשרד החוץ, להשבת המנוחה ארצה. נשיא איראן חסן רוחני מאיים, ארה״ב בחרה בדרך הלא נכונה כשהטילה עלינו עיצומים והיא תובס. כתבתנו מאיה רכלין. אם ארה״ב כנה בבקשתה להרגיע את הרוחות, זו לא הדרך, אמר נשיא איראן רוחני לפי סוכנות הידיעות תסמין. אמריקה עשתה לעצמה שם רע ברחבי העולם. בחמישה בנובמבר נכנסו לתוקף העיצומים על יצוא נפט איראני, הכבדים ביותר מאז הודיע נשיא ארה״ב טראמפ על פרישה מהסכם הגרעין עם איראן. גבר בן 27 מהמרכז נעצר בחשד לביצוע עבירות מין בבת זוגו לשעבר. כתבתנו ליאס פילקין מעדכנת שהגבר יובא היום לבית משפט השלום בתל אביב לדיון בהארכת מעצרו. מזג האוויר לסיום התקררות, ירדו גשמים מקומיים, מלווים בוורד והתחוללו סופות רעמים. אלה החדשות שעורכת גוני כהן. Now we're gonna bring it home I'm not as easy now 
Israel, 
مسیر و سیور
J.M. in the A.M. Mordechai and David Viserov off of the Sheer album here on a Wednesday morning broadcast. Before that, Yaakov Shweki's Hare At. You heard Chaverim, done by Michal Przanski. Eighth day, brand new with Bring It Home off the album Stronger, Closer. And that is one strong, amazing album. Out just a few days and already making its mark. Wednesday with partly cloudy skies and a high temperature of 41. I welcome all of you from around the world tuned in. Here to JM in the AM. Remember, you can comment on the NSN app. Go to the NSN Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Listen to Devora. Thank you for your comments regarding what's happening in Israel. Much appreciated. And um, we'll have an opportunity to speak about Israel and uh, and the United States with David Rubin, who's going to be in our studio. Trump and the Jews is the name of the book. We'll have a chance to speak about those two very interesting, um, newsworthy personalities, both Trump and the Jews. That's coming up uh, just a few minutes from now here at JMAM. Ding of Suki and Ding joins us. We'll talk about Hanukkah, believe it or not, which is right around the corner coming up in the 8 o'clock hour this morning here at JM in the AM. 25 minutes after the hour. More coming up this morning. Keep it right here. This is brand new from Miami.
Shame in the AM, 7.30 in the morning with Miami. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Rav Zebnibus of Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basibus of Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. The great Reb Nachman of Breslov told of a country where every three years a new king was chosen. They would go into the field and they would crown the first person they bumped into. Once they went into the field and they found a person that was completely drunk. They put the crown on him. They brought him to the palace. They changed his simple clothing and put on royal clothing. He was so drunk, he had no idea what was going on. When he woke up, he found himself sitting on the throne, clothed in royal clothing, with a crown on his head. He was surrounded by servants. He thought it was a dream. He remembered being a simple peasant, lying in the gutter. He pinched himself and felt that it hurt, so he knew it wasn't a dream. If so, then his thoughts that he was a peasant must be a dream. However, he did remember that he just had a fight with another peasant and he hit his head. He felt the bump on his head and it hurt. So thinking that he was a peasant was not a dream. Now he became very confused. He didn't know whether he was a king or a peasant. He looked up and saw a fully stocked library in front of him. He thought to himself, If I open one of those books and I understand what is written there, then I know I'm really a king and not a peasant. If I don't understand anything, then I will not know that I'm really a peasant. He motioned that the books be brought to him. And when he opened the books, he didn't understand one word. So he was a peasant. Now he needed to understand why he was sitting on the throne. Then he thought to himself, maybe he is a king. Maybe the peasant is a dream. Maybe the other kings don't either understand what's written in the books, and maybe the library is just for show. So it is with the sheker, the falsehoods in life. A person sees that people give him honor. He doesn't understand why. Do I deserve honor? Or is it a dream? If it's not dreams, so then why don't I understand the Torah? Why don't I have a bigger sensitivity for spirituality? The moral of this entire story is that a person can be anything they want. Whatever their dream is, whatever they wish to accomplish in life, in the way that a person wishes to go, so will he be led. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday. Thank you very much, Rabbi Goldwasser. Uh, please keep in mind, Shana Golda Baschaya Gittel for Rafur Shlema, somebody undergoing surgery today. And we thank you for your help with that. Again, it's Shana Golda Baschaya Gittel. David Rubin is in our studio. The book is called Trump and the Jews. David Rubin appears as a frequent commentator on Fox News, Newsmax TV, and other media, while his articles have appeared in the Jerusalem Post, Israel National News, and numerous other publications. A featured speaker throughout North America and elsewhere, he's known as the trusted voice of Israel. He was born and raised in Brooklyn, resides in Israel on a hilltop overlooking the site of ancient Shiloh, where the Tabernacle of Israel stood for 369 years in the time of Joshua, Hannah, and Shmuel the prophet. In addition, uh, he has been the mayor of Shiloh and is also the president of the Israel Children's Fund. David Rubin, welcome to JM in the AM. 
Thank you. Good to be with you, Nachum. I appreciate that. Welcome. And uh, I was about to say to you off the air, and I said I'm going to save this comment for on the air. I wonder and imagine how many people saw the title of this book and said they could have written it. I wonder how many people have been observing what's been happening over the last two-plus years and said, yeah, I could have written this book, Trump and the Jews, but you went ahead and did it. Well, the, the problem is that the bulk of American Jews would be writing a very different kind of book if they if they wrote the book Trump and the Jews. That's that's the sad part about it. The bulk of American jury, correct. The bulk of American jury would write a much different book than you did. Um, however, you're speaking to the correct audience this morning for your book. We could say that, right? Yes, I am. Yes, yes you I certainly am. are. Um, so uh, there are many things that you write a book at, that you write about in the book, and there are so many things that um, the people in this audience, frankly, because they are people who follow the news when vis a vis Israel and care about Israel's present and future. So there's a lot of things that people know that are in this book, but there's one item in this book that, to me, is the most. Maybe you won't agree with the phrase "the most," but to me, is the most important historic fact um, when it comes to President Trump and the Jewish people. And that was a Shiva visit that he paid to David Friedman years and years ago. And David Friedman's father, who was a rabbi, passed away. And I remind the audience that David Friedman's father was a rabbi in a relatively liberal congregation who brought Ronald Reagan to his synagogue in the mid-1980s, right? That's correct. And... I never thought, I, who observe the news on a daily basis, never really considered how critical an appointment David Friedman as ambassador to Israel has been over the last two years. And you, I think, the way you're shaking your head, would, or nodding your head, would agree that this was a very significant piece of this whole thing. Oh, that's absolutely so. Uh, look, pre- President Trump, I, I, I think the whole, the whole Shiva incident... Uh, Mid eighties in the yes, uh, and this was shortly after David Friedman started working for him as, right. as a lawyer for the Trump organization. And it sounds like he wasn't really working full time; like had undertaken a couple of projects. Sure, for him. sure, he didn't know him so well, right? And and uh, then uh, when after Rabbi Friedman passed away, and uh, David was sitting shiva, it was a, there was a massive blizzard, and uh, uh, for a couple of days that week and. Right. And uh, and all of a sudden, Trump shows up at his door in Long Island. He he took the drive out to out to visit him uh, during the shiva, and and it, you know, tremendous tremendous uh, showing of character. Felt it was the right thing to do, it, you know. And like Trump gets a lot of criticism. And, oh and, yes, and some I can't say that some of it isn't justified, but. Right. Uh, you know, and there has always been this this character issue, the moral. Character yeah, some of issue. his behavior is embarrassing, but a lot of his behavior, especially on a professional level in the professional arena, is to be admired. Of course, but here we're talking about personal right. issues, and and in, in this case, it was a tremendous show of character. And there there have been others. There there have been other things like that. But, so let yeah yes, but but. Ambassador Friedman has been a tremendous influence on the president for good. So let's start the conversation from this angle. If Israel, if the United States today had a different ambassador to Israel, would all these historic uh, things that have happened in the Trump administration vis-a-vis Israel have been much different? 
possibly, possibly yes, possibly no. You wouldn't exactly. go as far as to say we wouldn't have the embassy in Jerusalem if it was a different ambassador. Uh, true, because there were other influences as well. Right. Uh, President Trump also has has Mike Pompeo, who's an evangelical Christian, right. and uh, Vice President Pence, right. who are very strong pro-Israel people who who greatly supported the the moving of the embassy. Uh, then there are others uh, like Jason Greenblatt, uh, who's also Orthodox, but um, plus his son-in-law. But although and, and, meaning Trump's uh, son-in-law, yes, of course, right. Jared Kushner and Ivanka, right. and you know, so so there are, there are a lot of influences. It's like you know, there've always been Jews in in presidential administrations. Carter had them, had Eisenstadt, and and uh, Obama had a couple of Jews in there, even despite his anti-Israel tendencies. Uh, to put it lightly, right. uh, but but uh, Trump has new kinds of Jews in there. He suddenly he, he has Orthodox Jews, and and it's it's actually demographically, given what's happened in the American Jewish community, where uh, where you have that that eighty to ninety percent of the American Jewish community that's just uh, assimilating and intermarrying if they get married, and uh, and, and care less who, and less about Israel. Yeah, and the ones who get married don't have children. Right. So. So it's it's a it's a, a natural thing as they become more and more unaffiliated, more and more secular, that they're going to move away from Israel, and, mm-hmm. and it, it's one of the great tragedies in American Jewry. But at the same time, you have a, a growing and vibrant Orthodox community, and uh, one thing that I've explained uh, to a lot of non-Jewish uh, people in America who who read my books and. Uh, and donate to my my organization, which we haven't spoken about yet. But um, they, I explained to them that the American Jewish community is not monolithic. Right. That it's not just Chuck Schumer and Diane Feinstein and Jerry Nadler and people like that who, uh, you know, whose basic religion is is liberalism. Uh, but they're, they're, or at the minimum, the Democratic Party. Yes, <laughs> and the, and the Bible is the New York Times. Right. But 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 the but the 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 real the real story is that there there is a vibrant uh, aspect of the Jewish community that is connected with Israel that is connected with God right and that believes in a lot of the same things that middle America does David Rubin's here the book is called Trump and the Jews based on what you said earlier one can really look at just the embassy issue for a moment because obviously that you know it is the flagship issue of the uh administration as far as israel is concerned i know there are a lot of other things the iran deal and dealings with iran in general and there are other ways that president trump has demonstrated his uh um his uh tendency to support israel but that embassy issue of course is number one um would you surmise uh based on uh the fact that pompeo and pence are there and that a large number of evangelical christians care about the israel issue and the embassy promise that really he did this for them and not necessarily for the Jews. If uh, if um, this was a one-issue book, the book might be called Trump and the Evangelical Christians as opposed to Trump and the Jews. Should we should we be less should we uh, should we eat some humble pie on this side of religious life and understand that it was really them who got us the embassy in Jerusalem? Well, there's absolutely a lot of truth to that. Uh, the Evangelical Christians are are very fundamental part of Trump's coalition and uh, and they, he uh, he gets tremendous support from evangelical Christians and what 
when I when I travel throughout the United States, even though I live in Israel, of course, and have been there for 27 years, uh, and I, I travel to all, all of these small towns in the Midwest, and uh, where you know we're talking about Christians who love Israel passionately and 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 really care about Israel, and uh, and obviously Trump's no fool. He's right. Um, you know, he likes to make himself the anti-politician, but right. the, but the fact is uh, that he's a very good politician, and right. he recognizes that that is his base of support. One of the things that's frustrating, in addition to the fact that we see, you know, that so many—I mean, the majority of this country, the Jews, the majority of the Jews in this country are not Trump supporters. That's obvious. And if there was an election today, just of the Jewish community of President Trump, he would not win re-election. I mean, that's clear. But. Um, what's even more frustrating is that on our side, and I'm so curious what you have to say about this, on our side of the community, meaning the observant, very concerned about Israel's side, right? Not One's not mutually, no, they're not mutually exclusive, but just, you know, using that example. There has been a lack of desire to publicly praise the President of the United States for what he has done for Israel. Um, there's a hesitation I'm not even sure you know this, by the way, because you're in Shiloh for the majority of your time. But here in the U.S., there's a hesitation among Jewish groups, even right-wing, religious right-wing, not talking about you know political right-wing, even religious right-wing Jewish groups to really get out there and declare how amazing this man has been to Israel. Do you get that sense, and do you think it creates a problem for us in Washington? Well, there is something to it, and it, although it is shifting, I, I remember... You know, the Republican convention when uh, Rabbi Lukstein was was invited to right. to give the convocation there and 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 he agreed and then he backed down because there was some criticism from pressure. more liberal members of his community. Uh, I think President Trump is a good example for for all American Jews uh, that that you have to stand up for what's right and you have to you have to speak up for what's right and President Trump. Uh, he gets all kinds of criticism, criticisms, name calling, everything, you know, all, all the vitriol that you could throw at mm-hmm. him. Uh, but ultimately, he does the right thing. He 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 listens to it. It bothers him. He's a very sensitive guy, but but he does the, what he plans on doing, and he does the right thing. And uh, this is something that American Jews need need to learn, and that goes across the political spectrum. That uh, that that if, number one, there's there's a a basic mitzvah of hakarata tov that 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 you're supposed to uh, show recognition and 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 thanks when something good is done for you. And what what Trump has done for Israel for the Jewish people it's it, it goes down uh, in in history. You know, Melech Koresh. You know, King Cyrus. Right. You know, t- tremendous, tremendous uh, things. You point that, that this a Gentile lot. Is doing. You point that a lot of the modern Jewish history. I mean, you you would. I guess put him in, in almost an exclusive club with Harry Truman, right? There, there, there are few presidents that you would include in their exclusive club. Am I right? Uh, well, there are actually more than you might think. I, I, I maybe hi- Reagan would make it in. Maybe uh, possibly. I, yeah. I, I highlight uh, George Washington, John Adams, John Quincy Adams, Abraham Lincoln. All know, the they, different gestures they made towards the, the Jewish world. Yes, tremendous. But once tremendous. the state of Israel is is founded it it, be, it becomes a different level uh, yes, of support absolutely so so yes harry truman was the first world right. leader to recognize the state of israel and uh when the chief rabbi of israel visited him uh to thank him for his support uh and he started reading from the book of ezra 
about uh, about King Cyrus and you know and uh, the the great things that uh, that that the Gentile king did for, you know, rebuilding the base of Migdash, and, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the, the second temple. And, uh, and President Truman became very emotional. He, he burst into tears. You know, remember, this is Harry Truman we're talking about. His campaign slogan was, give him hell, Harry. Right. He was a pretty tough guy. Right. But when it came to Israel and that connection with, with Israel and the Jewish people, he, he always became very emotional. And so, so there, you know, there have been others, but but President Trump has really, really even surpassed Harry Truman in the great things that he's done. I mean, since more recently, he uh, he ordered the closing of the PLO embassy. Right. Well, it's a, an office, really, mm-hmm. but they 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 call it their embassy right. in in Washington, which is a big, big thing. Uh, in the Trump ex- administration, they're reexamining the whole refugee issue. Uh, where the the UN recognizes some three million Palestinian refugees, uh, you know, we're, we're talking, of course, about a, a people that invented itself in 1964. Uh, but but uh, if you really look at the Arab refugees from Israel in 1948, there were about 38,000, and and they they recognized several million. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, so the Trump administration is also examining that. Uh, to see if something should be done about that. David Rubens here. The book is Trump and the Jews. Um, do you fear what might be in the eventual, and I'm saying this because we are waiting with bated breath and it doesn't seem like we're ever going to get it, the eventual American peace proposal? Do you, do you wonder what if it is ever released, what might be in it? Well, everyone is waiting to see what's going to be in it. The, um, the, I'm, I'm really not too concerned because I don't think it's going to be any worse than what was before, and and those peace proposals right. didn't go anywhere because it's obvious that there's no uh, there's no partner on the other side that that really wants peace, and uh, because what they want their their minimum is Israel's maximum, and uh, you know so it's it's definitely not going to happen. It always falls apart over Jerusalem, and uh, that that's what would be again. Uh, that that. It's it's actually very interesting what uh, Trump administration has done, which is uh, they've opened up doors, they've helped helped and enabled Israel to open up doors to the countries in the Persian Gulf, and uh, there's a lot of secret cooperation going on. Now it's not so secret; a lot of it is, has become more public recently. Right. Uh, but that that's one of the more fascinating developments, and uh, I think there's a lesson to be learned in that uh, that. Uh, we're, we're living in a, a pretty tough neighborhood in the Middle East, and in fact, in the world, it's a pretty tough neighborhood. And you you, you can't expect that other countries are going to have your values. Right. Uh, the United States and Israel, we have as much a commonality of values as you could possibly have in in this world. Uh, but but uh, you know, to get all uptight about Saudi Arabia and and their Khashoggi incident. Um, Obviously, it's not our values. It's not the way we operate. Uh, but but you have to basically protect, uh, project American values. I always say, and protect American interests. Very good. And so so the American interests need to be protected. David Rubens here. The book is called Trump and the Jews. How do people obtain the book? Well, best way is to either go to my website, which is davidrubinisrael.com, dot com, 
davidrubinisrael.com or just go straight to Amazon, type in Trump and the Jews, David Rubin, and get the book. And and if you like it, po- post a review on there and you know get other people to buy it. How many people live in Shiloh? Uh, about 6,000 people in the the greater Shiloh Township. Any Americans, Goose Shiloh any Americans besides yourself? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not, not. very few? Uh, it's about, about 15% of oh, Shiloh. Really? Interesting. And if one were to describe life in Shiloh, what would they say? Uh, very peaceful, great air, as long as you don't go driving out on the roads. Because you learned... Well, the air is good out on the roads, but we have to keep our windows closed because of rock throwing and... Uh, Right, and uh, and there are terrorist attacks as uh, as you as, know as, as, as you know firsthand as, as I know firsthand because uh, I was wounded with my three year old son uh, some seventeen years ago as we were driving home from Jerusalem. Our car was ambushed by Islamic terrorists who were on the side of the road with AK forty seven assault rifles. Palestinian terrorists, I should point out, who were from the Palestinian Authority, the Tanzi militia of the Fatah organization. Uh, I was, Both you and your son were hit? Absolutely. I was shot in the leg. My son was shot in the head. Uh, the bullet that went into his head and through his neck missed his brain stem by one millimeter. Uh, so we both survived. Uh, but uh, it's quite a story. The, the, the car was hit by bullets. The uh, car went completely dead when the bullets hit. I couldn't get it to start. I shifted gears. I tried over and over again trying to get the car to start and to ignite the car. And... Uh, Eventually, the car started as if all, as if on its own. I, I mean, I really, it, I'm, I, I, from what I recall, I did not hit the gas to get the car to actually start, uh, but I hit the gas many times before. Uh, the car drove 110 miles an hour to get me to the next community up the road, which is where we got an ambulance, and because of that, we survived. And I, we got to the hospital in Jerusalem. I was pronounced the 1,000th victim of terrorism. To be hospitalized in that hospital just in that previous year and a half, which was what they called the second intifada, right. and uh, and as a result of that whole experience, and you know, we had a couple of operations, survival, and uh, a lot of emotional trauma for my son, and I, as a result of that, and trying to find treatment for my son for a three-year-old boy. Uh, I ended up starting what what became the Shiloh Israel Children's Fund uh, for the purpose of healing the trauma of the terror victim children and rebuilding the biblical heartland of Israel through those children. So, Your son so should we, be 20 years old now. He's 20 years old, finishing up his army service, Bezrat Hashem, and, and, uh, and he just wants to go to yeshiva and learn Torah full-time after that, so... Uh, so, so yeah, there are blessings in difficult experiences, you know, as, as we say, hakola tova, because everything of, is for good. I'm curious, because of his history, would that have been an automatic exemption from army service if he wanted it to be? Uh, possibly, possibly. And the truth is he went into a combat unit. He had a very difficult time with that emotionally. And, you know, a lot of the old traumas came back up and then that, that was very difficult. So we had to find a non-combat position for him in the Army. Yeah, but, for those of us who have 20-year-old children, and I have three of them, um, we, we know how young they are, even though many people think that they are you know, easily adjustable when it comes to the Army and things like that. Sure. No, it's not a simple thing. It's yeah. something that nobody should take for granted. 
And, uh, you know, just as uh, in, in America, you know, who would think that uh, that just anyone can go to the army? Right. But in, in Israel, it's considered that, okay, right. go to the army. But how, do people, how do people support your fund? Uh, they, they, could, they can go to uh, the other website, which is Shiloh, that's spelled S-H-I-L-O-H, ShilohIsraelChildren.org. 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 I also want to note that the uh, net proceeds from the uh, book, the book is called Trump and the Jews by David Rubin, uh, go to the Shiloh Israel Children's Fund, the organization dedicated to healing the trauma of terror victim children, Established by David Rubin, as he mentioned, after he and his young son were wounded in a terrorist attack, the organization supports therapeutic and educational projects for children in the biblical heartland of Israel. And you could attest that many have been helped by this effort. Oh, sure. Thousands. Thousands. We have uh, 2,000 children on our main campus at any given time. You know what I like about your book? It's a good balance between history and the uh, and, and today. It's It's important to understand the Trump administration and what's happening with it and Israel in the context of modern Jewish history. Correct, correct. And it's important to, it's important to understand uh, the, the Jewish community in historical context. Right. Because, you know, Jews, Jews weren't, weren't always the way they are now. Right. You know, as I explain in the book, the uh, Jews... Jews were, there was a time when all Jews were Orthodox, you know, go back a couple of hundred years. Right. And the, the and shul they didn't daven in was Orthodox. Correct. That type you, of thing. Right? Yeah, even if they weren't right. uh, observant, fully observant. But they, but they were in the Orthodox surrounding. And then, you know, and then, uh, you know, came the reforming of Judaism and the secularization of it. And, uh, but, but the Jews who came to America were, were very hardworking. They came in poverty. They, they were discriminated against. Uh, but they they didn't have days of rage. They they worked hard. They had they days of work. On, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They worked hard. They focused on education. Eventually, became very successful. Uh, on one hand, uh, financially successful. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, uh, a big part of the American Jewish community, as we discussed, uh, dropped off their Judaic heritage, and and that that's the sad part about it. And and uh, one of my goals in in writing the book Trump. In writing the book Trump and the Jews, is is that the uh, the American Jewish community will will read the facts on the ground, re- re- really read what uh, uh, a little bit about their own history, together with our current political uh, climate and situation, and and try to understand it with an open mind. Understood. Uh, before we let you go, I'm sure there are people who would very much like me to ask you. What do you think of uh, a couple of today's news items? Any reaction to the resignation of uh, Defense Minister Lieberman? Well, uh, there's been a lot of turmoil in the Israeli government, and uh, uh, Hamas uh, helped to bring it on with their with their launching of 500 rockets at Israel in the past 48 hours. And the uh, look, everyone was saying that. Uh, the green light has, has been given to the IDF to go in and, and do what needs to be done to clean out the hornet's nest in Gaza. And for a long time, this has been going on. We've, we've seen the pattern over and over, uh, the, the Hamas uh, attack, and then, and then they call for a ceasefire. Uh, they, they, they launch 100 rockets, and then they call for a ceasefire. Right. And, and Israel starts to agree to it. And Netanyahu has, 
unfortunately, he has a very strong image in America, but unfortunately, he's, uh, he's very weak when it comes to uh, taking the tough decisions, the tough military decisions and tough political decisions that need to be taken. And in this situation, the cabinet met for seven hours. Uh, they're, they're, a lot of the ministers on, on the right, uh, primarily from the Jewish Home Party and, and uh, uh, Israel Beitenu, uh, which is Lieberman's party, which right. is the secular right, and they, they, they were pushing for, uh, for the, uh, to give the army the green light to, to go in and have a full operation in Gaza and truly take away their weapons once and for all. Uh, that Netanyahu overruled them, and uh, the rest of the Israeli cabinet went along with him. And there'll be new elections likely very soon. Uh, it's, it seems very likely. Um, uh, Bennett of the Jewish Home Party is demanding the defense ministry. Otherwise, right. they're, uh, they're withdrawing from the government and calling for new elections. Uh, Lieberman has already called for new elections. And uh, Netanyahu's term is supposed to be over in, in uh, about a year's time. So... We'll see what happens. It's going to be very interesting. Um, yesterday on this show, I said the only thing we, we can do is hope that Israeli leaders have a strategy, a plan that will lead to the safety and security of our brothers and sisters in the South. I hope, as he indicated he does, that the prime minister actually has that plan and that it is in place and ready to roll, even during a time of quote-unquote, quote-unquote, ceasefire. David Rubin, the book is Trump and the Jews. You mentioned the website, David Rubin Israel. David Rubin. Dave, David Rubin Israel dot com. Best way to obtain the book. That is, or, or just go straight to Amazon, Trump and the Jews. Okay, Trump and the Jews, David Rubin, uh, a book that I bet a lot of people feel they could have written, but you actually did it, and you did it really well. So people, uh, we Thank recommend you. it. You could get a tremendous history of both ancient and modern Jewish history in terms of uh, the relationship between um, uh, between um, Israel and the concept of Israel and the diaspora, and then, of course, Israel and the United States, and then, of course, Israel and the U.S. post-1948, and then, of course, the real subject of the book, Israel and the U.S. during this Trump administration. Uh, and what can I say? We are one of the organizations that is not ashamed to say, God bless President Trump, for all that he has done for Israel and the Jewish people. Amen. Amen is right. Thank you, David. A real well, pleasure having you here. Uh, 8 o'clock in the morning, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, in the beloved NSN app. And I also remind you that the Shiloh Israel Children's Fund is a worthy cause to support. Go to ShilohIsraelChildren.org. Shilo with an H at the end, IsraelChildren.org. Ich 
Amazing brand new album, by the way. It's called Stronger, Closer, and that song is called Samach here at JM in the AM. Before that, Eitan Freilich, brand new with Ivdu from an album entitled Peace Will Come. Eight minutes after the hour, as promised, he has walked into our studio. He has walked into the central command center of the Nahum Siegel Network, and he has big news. I'm not kidding. He's got big big enough news for you to actually contact other people who may not be listening and let them tune. tell them to tune in. That's how big this news is. I'm sorry, what did you say? You know how big the news is? How big is the news? I got a parking spot right in front of the building. Mavish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like parking's ever been a problem right, for right. you. It's like Baltashkas. You know? <laughs> I'd ask you to move so somebody could actually use that space. Who needs that space? But you know it's big news it because is. we're in the Big Apple. And the Big Apple produces... Big news. Ding of Sookie and Ding is in our studio. Everybody get ready to take a big, big marker uh, to your calendar. Do people still do that, or do they just do everything through their electronic uh, calendars? What do they do? No. What do you do? You have to schedule an event. I promise I don't have you. Look, I don't have a pen on me. No pen or paper. No. So I'm gonna, I, I, was, I, was gonna say, I was going to say circle the date. What do we do now? How do we, how do we emphasize that people need to reserve a specific date? Well, I still have a, hopefully something in my head. You know, the, oh, the, meaning, the maybe you'll actually remember it? Remember it. <laughs> But I uh, get, a dr- get a drop we, closer to the microphone. There well, you go. Thank you. But basically, we um, we use our phones, right? Yeah. Everything goes into the phone. Um, someone asked me yesterday, did you remember you have this appointment? I said, you know, I forgot to put it on my phone. There you go. Phone? Tell someone 30 years ago that you need to put something in your phone to keep <laughs> an appointment. And they'd be like, what? Anyway. Um, I was thinking of you and all the Yankee fans the other day. Yeah. Yeah, because... Uh, you know, people don't listen to me, Ding. They just don't listen to me. There was a suspicion yes. as the season was going on in July, August, September that, we that a get. Yankee would win Rookie of the Year. Right. There was a there was a Correct. speculation. Actually, two. Right. Two might win Rookie of the Year. Right. But there was one more clear than the other. Not in my opinion, but go ahead. And I cited, yeah. I cited the opinion and the observation of my late brother, who is a big Yankee fan, as you know, uh, who always said 
Right. That when the writers have a choice, meaning when it's close, right. right? When you really could give it to someone else, they will not give it to a Yankee. And there are a million examples of it, which I could remind you about. There are a million examples where Yankees were were up for MVP awards and up for Cy Young awards and would not get it. And because of the bias that writers have against the Yankees, I said to my kids, I said, listen, I said this in August. I said, listen, I'm telling you now that if this guy from the Angels right. is even legitimately, you know, yeah, close, cl- he will win it. Because that's the rule, and the guy misses two months of the season and still gets 20 out of 25 first-place votes. So the, my theory and my late brother's theory stands. But in all due respect, yes, he he, ple- he messed up at the end, right? Yeah, but what, a couple of bad weeks? Yeah, but that's what counts when the pressure comes. And that, you think, prevented them for... Oh, for sure. Oh, come on, Ding. If the Yankees won the World Series, he would have won, for sure. Ding. Yeah. Ding. Yes. There is a natural. I got parking spot. <laughs> there's a natural bias against the Yankees among, okay. the, among the baseball writers for decades, for okay. decades. Okay. And again, we saw it this week. But it wasn't a clear cut. It wasn't a clear cut win for him. What are you talking about? I don't think that, that all those first play. I mean, you know, it's one thing to win, right? You know, by a small margin, but I mean, to win by the margin that he won. Okay. Anyway. Why should we fight when we can talk about something we both agree on? Great. <laughs> Lunch? Ding, Ding says, Ding says, circle the following day. I'm giving people time here Correct. to Correct. get their markers and their paper calendars to circle the day. I remember yeah. when it must be close to 15 years ago, we did the first uh, Bonham and Bailey Circus. Right. It was, was Pesach. New York, right? Yeah, in yeah. Madison Square Garden. Right. And I remember introducing and coming and announcing it wow. onto your show. And here we that's are a, today. That's it. Thank God. So this is fun. Ladies and gentlemen, let's continue the fun. Circle the following date. December the 10th. Easy to remember, right? Nice, even number. Last day of Hanukkah. Last day of Hanukkah, meaning the previous night we will have lit eight candles. Correct. Wow. It's literally the last hours of Hanukkah. Uh, correct. Wow. Yep. But so, in order to pull this off, you must know that the, the, that the majority of schools across the board in all of our communities yeah. are closed that day. That's step number one. Is that true? Are they closed that yeah. day? Yeah, that's step number one. I should assume my kids who are in Jewish themed schools have the day <laughs> off. Well, not the college kids. You got my right. point. Right. I, I, I don't check high school, but I, no, no. I, but I'm talking about elementary school. Elementary school, yeah. So yeah. can I give you one example? Do we know if Manhattan Day schools off that day? Yeah, they are. They are off that day. Yeah. Oh. I think the only school... Now I need something to do with my kid. (laughs) (laughs) The only school... Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) The only schools that that are not off are those that don't give off on Hanukkah because they give off... Later in December. December, Got it. All right. Sukhi and Ding presents a Hanukkah celebration. I see the people at Chazak are with you on this. Correct. You've done a lot of work with them. I do. I would also like them to come in here one day. Oh, I'd love it. They 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 do do a lot of good work in general. Unbelievable. Not just circuses, other good work as well. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. You know, when I watched them, I watched them uh, Tisha B'Av night. They were Saturday night Tisha B'Av. Right. They were really, they're they had so some great presentations. They're so sincere in what they do that it's amazing. So they're, Ding and yeah. Chazak claim that the circus is back in town. This time it's the Big Apple Circus. First time you're working with them? Yeah. First it w- time. It's interesting because the um, the people in the bottom of Bailey, you know, bottom of Bailey closed, right? right? Mm-hmm. And the person that used to work there... Now works for Big uh, Apple, and he called me. I didn't even. I didn't, 
He says, remember we did those shows? Yeah. Uh, right? Great so idea. Say, right, so let's do it. Uh, All right, so last day of Hanukkah, both uh, 12 noon and 3 p.m. There's going to be two shows that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be there, and I'm looking forward to it. You are you are going to be uh, presenting all male performers because there are people in our community who prefer that. Correct. So you have all male performers. Uh, Uncle Maishi will be there. Correct. Uh, Simcha Liner, good choice thing. Hey. If you need someone in the world of Jewish music, <laughs> very good choice. Simcha Liner, good, good. And uh, which means Simcha will do what? Like a half hour of music, that type of thing. Mm, maybe a little less. Okay. Twenty maybe minutes. Less. Yeah, I'd say twenty minutes. All right. So yeah. people get a so they get a mini concert in the whole thing. In the whole Plus, Uncle Maishi's... We want it to be a real live and and upbeat and... uh, The last time... I'm trying to remember now. Uncle Maishi... Did he ride an elephant once? I think he did. No. (laughs) Wasn't there some... That was the whole thing with Daddy. Oh, it was Daddy. Yeah, who, by the way, is the Baruch Hashem, he's home. Baruch Hashem. Still needs our our tefillahs a little bit, but uh, Imet Hashem will be okay, but... uh, it was Daddy who came, like, roaring and said, I'm going to go on to the elephant, and I'm going to be... And, and, and what happened? And, and then it comes the day of, and, and he walks into the room, and he sees the elephant. <laughs> and, you know, you think that it's a little... <laughs> right. right? And, 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 and they say, okay, Daddy, get on. You know, the people in the circus, they, they you know, try it out. And he goes, where's the ladder? You know, <laughs> the ladder you got And that was it. He actually turned white in his face. That was the end of the elephant elephant, experiment. All right. So neither Uncle Maishi or Simcha Liner do you suspect will be on an elephant? Well, there's no elephant. Oh, oh, right. I forgot. That's That's why they closed the whole circus circus. because the the leftists made sure to destroy one of the best things about America, which was the circus. Right. Cruel animal. uh, Yeah. Anyway, uh, the last day of Hanukkah, Monday, even though there's no elephants, that shouldn't discourage people from coming. There's still a lot of fun there. Believe me. A lot of fun. Believe me. By the way, some of the pictures are cool. You have a a dog driving, driving a car, a car yeah. which is pretty cool. You have a whole bunch of jugglers and acrobats, which everyone loves. Right. Uh, you have uh, all these, um, what do you call those? Trapeze. Uh, trapeze, thank you. Right. Trapeze and... Um, trampolines. Trampolines. And, and that's great. I went, I saw And the balancing show. acts. A lot of good balancing acts. I saw the show. It's, it's, oh, you saw it already? Yeah, I actually oh. saw the show. Oh. Lot, it's funny. It's got I a guess, lot of comedy I guess in you, it. I guess you forgot to text me before you uh, <laughs> before you went. We could have combined that with a nice dinner, you know, and had a night out. You realize that? Correct. Could have had a fun time. Where, where would we have gone? I would assume. We, where is the Big Apple Circus? It's, it's on 62nd, then Broadway. So we would have gone to... Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm new. Waiting. I'm waiting. You know. Milk uh, <laughs> Exaflation. No, Cosba. Oh, Deli Cosba. Deli Cosba. <laughs> you know Deli Cosba, you say to Vartori, get a free dessert. I've heard. <laughs> and if you need to see a picture of the Lubavitcher <laughs> then you go to Dolly Cosby. It's funny that you say that because yeah. if, you, if you go over to the waiter and you start giving the tvat, they go, no, 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 we'll give you the food, don't worry. <laughs> anyway. Go over to the Spanish guy and start telling him. <laughs> so you felt one yeah. show is not enough. You felt, you know what, let's give everyone an option. They can come at 12 noon, especially for the kids that are really antsy and want to get out of the house. Right. And you can go at 3 o'clock, and there's no candle lighting to worry about. You don't have to worry about lighting candles. Correct. That was the, uh... So there's a noon and a 3 p.m. on the final day of Hanukkah with Uncle Maishi, with Simcha Liner, the Big Apple Circus. I will be there to say hi to everybody. You can purchase your tickets now. Is it live, jewishtickets.com? Is it already up there? Yeah. Okay, so jewishtickets.com has the has both, the 12 noon and, and 3 p.m. And you could purchase the exact seat that you're... You could choose your seat. So choose your seat, right? Uh, choose your seat with the ticket selection. The ticket prices are very reasonable. Oh, t- actually... I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm starting a new thing, which I think will be the, uh, how do you say it, the rule, or how do you the say trend? it? The trend. The trend, right, is that you won't have to get tickets. 
print them out? They, right, you can print them out on when you buy from JewishTickets.com. Your tickets will have a barcode, and when you get there, you can just scan the paper that you print that. Isn't that cool? Very cool, is right. The next step will be just using your phone at the uh, correct at the place. But here, we just print it out and bring it with you, and that's it. And I'm wondering if you could probably you could probably use your phone also, right? Yeah. If you if you print out on your if you have it on your phone the the, the barcode, right? Then then you could only really bring your phone. Yeah. You want to confirm that for us? Yeah. You'll speak to MrJewishTickets.com? Mr. Titlebaum. Mr. Titlebaum? Yeah. Is he Is he accessible? Can you reach him in the next uh, day or so? <laughs> day for sure. Okay. I'm just checking. Yeah, fine. I've never had to deal with JewishTickets.com. I've never run an event where that tickets were necessary. Have you had problems going to ball games? I'm joking when I ask you. Yes. Don't you remember? Of course we had problems. You, That's you, right. You and That's I had that problem. Right, with right, right. But by the way, another tip for those of you going to Yankee games, and I know it's now November. If you wait... To pull up on your phone your tickets right. to the moment that you're about to walk into the stadium, it will not happen. Really? Because there's so many people using oh, service there, the, drawing, right. doing the same thing. That's why when you leave your car or leave the subway, do it then, right. take a picture of it, and then go up to the window. Yeah, I've, I've learned all these tricks the hard way thing, let me tell you. But that was terrible that we bought tickets and we couldn't download them. I know. That was, that was a rough one. Eventually it worked out. Yes and no. I mean, I didn't pay oh, for it, but uh, right. but we never got those tickets. Correct. The original tickets we never right. got. Right. Um, yeah, for those of you who think it's like a joke that we talk about the Yankees all the time. No, actually, we really we like actually, them. We actually go at least once a year together to a Yankee game. Like, it really happens. Anyway, um, <laughs> for information, oh, I have that picture somewhere. Ding and I took a picture uh, in uh, in salute to Aaron Judge. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's in the studio. I just, I, I just can't find it this moment. Uh, for information and group sales, you can speak with Sookie and Ding at 718-854-6902. 718-854-6902. It does take place at Lincoln Center in Manhattan, as Ding mentioned. For corporate and personal sponsorship, you can uh, contact Chazak. Uh, every time you purchase tickets, and certainly when you purchase a sponsorship, VIP Correct. tickets, Chazak basically you know benefits and can continue Correct. their amazing work. Correct. And uh uh, that would be by dialing 718-285-9132, 718-285-9132, and that's for the Chazak organization. So that's a Big Apple Circus. What, like a two-hour show? People get the full two I'm, hours? I'm guessing about two hours. And with, well, with the intermission, it'll be like two hours and 15 minutes. Oh, really? Full yeah, show? Two, yeah, two-hour show, and then, and then nice. intermission. And, and where do people then, go for donuts before that? Is there a place in, near Lincoln Center that has kosher donuts that you know of? Uh, well, is there a bakery on the Upper West Side? Is the, my most favorite. Right? Oh, nice. Right on 76. That's a good lunch place. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's the Naidu. How do I not know that one? Really? Naidu on 69th. Right next door to, it was next door to the old uh, Levana's. Yeah. I don't know about that. Wow. Yeah. Milchik's and next door Fleischik's. Oh, boy. Milchik's is very popular. You can't use it. Very, very popular. But um, what else is around? I was at a place recently on the east side in the 70s, and I cannot recall the name. Remember, I'd never been there before. Remember the old famous? Yeah, of course. On 72nd. 222. Yeah. On 72nd Street. My, my first my first Tatsala call. Was in that ever, restaurant? Was in that restaurant. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I feel so bad for that patron. Ding, <laughs> have you gotten there yet? It's <laughs> a famous thing. First of all, I'm, I, 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 I always say I was the first unit. On, at, on the first call, right, right. So, and you know, you, you 
you you're, you're, you know you go to course for for months and right. you think you're going to become a hero and you're going to get into your car and you put your lights and sirens on and you save a life and it's not always so it's not always so rosy and it's surely not always so predictable anyhow the first car was infamous and I I run in and there's a man sitting by the by they had like bostels right I remember that right when you walk in right right. And they point to, you know, I'm looking like who, you know, like who's the patient. And they point to this guy and I go ahead and I tap the guy on the shoulder and I, I go, um, I said, uh, how are you, sir? And he looks up and he <laughs> oh yeah all over me. Welcome to Atzalot. And then he looks me straight into the, in, 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 into the you know, into in my eyes. eyes and he goes, much better. Thank you. Now I understand why you don't show up the calls. <laughs> That's, uh, oh yeah, and then I think that Robbie was the second one. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Robbie and Jackie Stroman. Oh, do, do I hope that Robbie's listening to this conversation because I'm sure he loved that story. <laughs> now we, we, I finally have found out after all these years why Dig will not go on a call, no matter what. Malcolm Siegel dislocates his shoulder a mile, excuse me, not a mile, a hundred feet from Dig's house. He ain't showing up. (laughs) Anyway. Just a joke, because you know it was so f- that when people take these conversations seriously, people nah. people call for you to be ousted from <laughs> Atzala. So I got to be very careful. I don't want to destroy your whole thing here. <laughs> when when Atzala first started, it was like the adrenaline. Like as soon as you know, right. like you know that radio. Uh, obviously, off. you still have to take every call like so seriously, but but you know. Right. That, there are some. Calls, there are some more serious than first, others. No, but only that. Those first calls, like you just. Like in your head, like you think you're just going to come and right. save the world, right. and, and uh, it's not always that way. Not it's always that way. way is right. Anyway, I don't know how. I mean, it's so rare that you would come and I'd be distracted from the topic of the, the day. Topic, but- <laughs> well, wait, what am I here for? Talking. <laughs> Dig reminds everyone that the Big Apple Circus is going to be where everyone is on the eighth day of Hanukkah, right? Monday, December tenth, a twelve noon show, a three p.m. show, and really. All you got to announce is JewishTickets.com. If you go to right. there, if you go to that site, you could choose whatever tickets you want for the show. Remember, Uncle Maishi will be there, and Sim Haliner will be there, and this does adhere to every possible uh, regulation of okay. modesty that anyone would. Correct. It's all taken care of. Okay. Ding has taken care of all that, so this will hopefully appeal to everybody. People from the from the most general community to the most Hasidic community right. will hopefully feel comfortable coming together to celebrate Hanukkah together. There was even one part, you know, they have their own music, right? Yeah. And there was one point where there was a female singer. Right. And so you eliminated that. eliminated that. And the, <laughs> um, the next thing that I have to work on is the, the kosher food, like you say. The, the, we're not going to have donuts, mm. but but they will be able to... Well, do they have vending? They, they have vending, oh. right? Sodas and stuff like that. And so hopefully we're going... Well, it may not be donuts, but you have to have some Hanukkah treats. You need some dreidel cookies or something. Come on, Ding. I mean, <laughs> again, we're not selling them. <laughs> yeah, that, but you have to make the arrangements. I mean, you have to make the recommendations. Some, Listen, circus, you have. Let me try to see if it works. Circus donuts. You circus, you donuts, have donuts. you have the BAC because now I know them by their initials. I'm right. so close with them. The Big Apple Circus. Right. You have the BAC. People call me. I will recommend to them how to handle the how kosher handle food. The food yeah. <laughs> you got to have popcorn. You got to have kosher popcorn right. somehow. Right. Got to have some kosher cotton candy, ding. Correct. That thing. Got to be like a little no, cotton candy have, machine, right, you know? Right. You can't. Yeah. You know. It's got to be packaged. I think. Oh, I see. I'm really. Uh, 
Your wheels are turning. I see. I'm really. <laughs> I'm giving you a lot of information here that you need to process before before going ahead with the Big Apple Circus. <laughs> Have they been warned what it's like to work with you? Has that become an issue? Well, like I told you. Oh right, same they, guy as Barnum. Same right. guy. Knows, right. right. So he knows. He knows the whole thing. Uh, right. The whole thing. The whole dig thing. <laughs> Backbreaker. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, we'll take a quick break because i got to do a Simcha Liner song. It's appropriate because he's part of your show. thousand percent. So we'll do a quick Simcha Liner song and then another reminder about the big announcement for today. Monday, December 10th. Ding says one show is not enough. Two. Not enough. We've got to have two shows at the Big Apple Circus. 12 noon, 3 p.m., Bring everybody. Apparently, I've discovered this morning, everybody's off from school that day, or practically everybody's off from right. school that day. So bring everybody. Bring everybody, the whole family. The Williamsburg yeshivas have off? The elementary schools? We'll make a, we'll make a uh, um, I always find that when it comes to like these events, like the circus, right. that that you don't get, like you don't find like ordering three tickets and two tickets and four tickets usually it's you know right, big groups eight tickets right. 12 tickets 16 bring the whole family this morning i saw two two 18 two people two some big families yeah um we can make this a great day of jewish unity we can get all the schools together everybody just come and enjoy with all the pressures of this world ding we the adults and the children can just get together and just enjoy hanukkah together how, how would that be wouldn't that be amazing That'd be oh, incredible. Yeah. Oh yes, that'd be incredible. Oh yes, and it's indoors, right? Oh yeah, right. Because you know, some major events in the Jewish world are outdoors during the winter. This one is indoors during it's, the winter. It's the uh, it's all year. It's, I'm it's saying, one, yeah, it's one. but it's indoors because oh, December the weather could be challenging. Completely indoors, right? There are some people who don't believe that in the winter the weather could be challenging, and they make events outdoors. <laughs> but in this case, <laughs> right now, things not letting me go there. <laughs> <laughs> but in this case, it is indoors, no challenge in terms of the weather. You ever go to like football games? In the I have been to football games. No, in the cold, like in yes, the, I have been to football games. What was in, the worst that you've ever? Zero degrees, zero right. degrees. And what would motivate you to just stay there and? and well, in one of the cases, in one of the cases, I was with my kids, and they just, you know, they they, they so bad, right? They so badly wanted to stay, so I stayed. But in one of the cases, it was long ago. And I was my kid's age, and I was like, yeah, why wouldn't I still, like, you know, it doesn't Why affect, not? It doesn't you know. make it. But when, once you get to be my age and you have to sit or stand. <laughs> Our age. Because, right, because in one of those cases, I literally stood in the corridor thinking it's a drop warmer than inside the stadium. It was terrible. It, it can be very challenging. Thank God I'm not a football fan. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. It yeah. helps when you, raise your, when you raise your sons. It helps. You know why? Why? Because once you've done that, then whenever there's challenging weather, Right. And you have to go to shul. Right. You cite the football, football rule. Yeah, if great. you would go to a football that's game great. in this weather, you are going to shul this weather, and therefore they don't miss shul because of the football that rule. Great. That is great. And you never lose because they've been to football games that in every type great. of weather. It could be a blizzard. It could be rain. It could be freezing great. cold. They've been to they've been to football games in every one of them. That's great. So if you're going to go into a football game in that weather, then then it's the football rule that applies to synagogue. It's so. true. It does. <laughs> It does. I like that. Rav Cohen, one year, he um, he gave a speech on Sukkot, and um, he said that people look at the Jewish people as somewhat crazy sitting in a sukkah when the weather can be challenging. Right. Well, obviously meaning cold, not meaning rain. It's right. in sukkah if it's raining, but when it's cold, you know, you're going right. outside the whole thing, which, of course, is one of the points of Sukkot. We show our dedication to God in that right. weather. 
And he, he said that when he would visit Nebraska, I believe he had a relative in Nebraska, he visit Nebraska, one of the things he enjoyed was in the city that he was in, I think it was Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, they had a very early Shabbos morning minion, and which was great for him. He would dive in early, 7 o'clock, and then learn all day, et cetera, et cetera. So um, what was the reason they had an early Shabbos morning minion? Because everybody would go to the Nebraska Cornhuskers game uh, in zero-degree weather afterwards. Oh, wow. Really? So, you know, oh, so wow. He would say, they're looking at us in the sukkah like, we're nuts. We're sitting in zero-degree weather watching everybody play football. I give me a break. It's true. Anyway, so there you have it. But the Big Apple Circus will not be outdoors. No. No challenging weather circumstances. Oh, no, no. no. It's really really nice in there. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it a real tent? You know what? More like an arena? It's more like an arena. When you walk in, you don't realize that you're in a tent. Yeah. First time I was ever at a circus in my life was in 1975. Barnum Bailey? Barnum Bailey. We're in the garden. And it was 75? 1975. And it was a three ring circus. So, okay. for those who don't remember what a three ring circus is, I know is, you have to like concentrate. Like, correct. Right. Because there's three different things people going on in each ring. People didn't like that. I um, loved it. For uh-huh. those who are easily distracted, I loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And a three ring circus, was, there, was a, there, was a cool, there was a cool element to it that, you know, there's three rings. So, I think I've told you this story before. Anyway, so there's three rings, all doing gymnastics, you know, balance, right, balancing right, gymnastics. Right. And one is from, I don't know, Guatemala. One's from another Latin American country. One's from the South American country. There's three countries. So we're sitting there with a school group. I'm like in seventh grade. We're sitting with a school group. And I say, okay, who should we watch? Who should we watch? Like you just said, right? right. Who should we cut? So in those days, we, ha- we each carried, and I used to carry it until a very short time ago, a scorecard that we all had that was given out in school of those countries who voted for and against the Zionism racism resolution. So one of the girls in our class pulls out right. the, the, the scorecard and one. says, okay, the only one who voted the right way was this one. We're, we're, we're watching that country. <laughs> Even then, it was political thing. Even then, the circus was political. Because I remember as a kid yeah. also going to the circus and like on the way home, like, I was together with my brothers. Right. And, did you and, see this? And did you see this? Right. And they go, no, we didn't see that. Right. Did you see this? Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. But there was an excitement to it. And also, they utilized every inch of space, which was really cool the way they did that. You know, anyway. Whatever. Okay. You know. I have my pass here from the circus we did together in, in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah? It's hanging somewhere here on the wall. When they made me the honorary uh, ringleader, which was really That was cool. the first time in my life that I ever did a show that I actually slept, like woke up, and I was, I, I was, I had set my alarm. I was in, at that time, I was in a Pesach program. It was Pesach, right? Right. It was Pesach, and I was in, in, uh, Long Island? In, nope, in, in Connecticut. Right. In, in Connecticut, and I had set my alarm for like whatever, like 4.30 in the morning, and for some reason, the first time, I, I never oversleep, I never, and I, and suddenly I wake up, and I, oh, and I jumped out of bed, I ran to my car, and like, I made it there. And because like, it was a pretty early show, I remember. It yeah, was early in the day. it was day. Philadelphia, and there was, right. there was a, at the end, there was, there was a, a traffic, it was a car crash or right. something on, on the uh, Main Jersey Highway. Turnpike or right. something like that. So. But I remember that day. I remember right. that show. That was pretty cool. I think that was the third one. It was? Oh, meaning two in New York, and then you went right, to Philly, right? right? Yeah, that was a dream come true, being uh, given an honorary ringleader uh, status. Yep. Yeah, that was a dream come true. And who, that was, uh, uh, um, Daddy was there, right. and Gomeshi, and uh, Ivan Freed. Right. Should I bring a, a top hat to this uh, Big Apple Circus or not? Well. It would only be appropriate. If, you know, you have like eight candles, like you can get, you know. 
coming out of the hat. Wow, you're you're think you're being very creative here, Dig. No problem. I was just going to go with the standard top hat. You're you know thinking I'd be a ringleader. You're you're yeah. saying it's got to have accoutrements. What happened for, to that? For Hanukkah. What happened to that eighth day song? You mean some collider? Oh, some collider. You, you, keep, forget, you keep forgetting who's on the bill with the big apple. No, because I heard eighth day. I, my head started to think eighth day. All right, Simcha Liner is going to be at the Big Apple Circus. I hope you will as well. Go to jewishtickets.com for December the 10th. jewishtickets.com and get your tickets today.
J.M. in the A.M. Simcha Liner, there he is. You know why? Because he's uh, the featured entertainer, along with Uncle Maishi, uh, at the Big Apple Circus. It's been announced. Ding is here. Hey, when Ding walks in here, you know he means business. You know he ain't playing games. And um, the big announcement today, very simple. December 10th is the last 
day of Hanukkah. A lot of people don't believe it that December tenth, the last day of Hanukkah, because it sounds really, you know, it sounds early. But no, December tenth, the last day of Hanukkah. That we will have lit all eight lights the previous night thing on Sunday night. Correct. You have a big party planned for that Sunday night, or you have no idea yet? <laughs> for Sunday night? Yeah. Like at home, you have a big party? or uh, it's too early. Inviting over all the Golding Brothers? It's too you early. haven't decided yet? It's too early. Or you go to Lakewood for the big party? Like, what do you No, think? no, no. How about Thanksgiving dinner with the Golding Brothers? Does that happen? Or, Thanksgiving uh... is, is in the wrong time this year. It's like... <laughs> in the wrong time. It's a week from now. I know. But it's like everybody is, thinks it's the, the following week, right? Because it's the Thursday. Oh, right. Correct. Right. right. it's very early. It's very early. Right. Correct. So the, the, it seems to be that there has to be a Sunday. You know, it's it's not that Thanksgiving is Thursday. It's it, it before the end of the month. It, there has to be a Sunday. That's the way they, the calendar rules it because you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Hello, mister. But I know exactly what you're talking about, right. but I think you're incorrect. I believe the rule is yeah. it is the fourth Sunday it's the fourth Thursday in November. That's it. Oh, Blanket that, rule. So this is wrong. What are you talking about? This is the fourth Thursday in November. Can I say that, sir? Ah, because the first is I got it. Yeah. So it, no matter what, it's the it's the fourth Thursday in November. Uh, I believe that's the rule. I agree with you a hundred percent. Thank you very much. No, there was a reason I came today. So you um you will not there will not be a a Golding Brothers uh, a big Thanksgiving reunion this year. Everyone's off calendar wise, and nobody realizes it's coming up. And, yeah, and you're not a big turkey guy anyway. So no, you're not a big turkey guy. I mean, you big turkey guy. And where do you have it? Where do I have it? Yeah. Oh, no. where do you? I, have you're it? talking about Thanksgiving. I, like, thought, I, I thought you're saying in general. Do no, I love no, turkey? No, Thanksgiving. I, I happen to love turkey in general. Do you ha- do you celebrate Thanksgiving? Yes, we, this year it, it depends on the year. There are years where we you wouldn't even notice that Thanksgiving is happening in our family. What does it depend on? If everyone's around, if everyone's in the mood, if if there are other relatives who are free and therefore it's a good time to get so together. So it's just convenience. Yeah, yeah if it's, it, correct, correct. Right. We have Thanksgiving of convenience, correct. Convenience, right. <laughs> if it's a good opportunity for everyone to get together, right. then, then someone... imagine telling somebody, well, you know, I'm not sure if sucker, I'm going to eat. Well, depends if people that, are around. You that, know, like that, yeah. that's the beauty of national as opposed to. Religious holidays right. that you get to they get to pick and choose, but anyway. Right. And if you do get together, where would it be? Um, likely in my apartment. Uh-huh. That's what it seems. And who does the cooking? Um, well, traditionally, uh, Stacy Siegel would do the cooking, but I I heard a rumor that this year cater <laughs> that this year no, not catered that this year um, uh, my mother in law is doing the cooking. Now I hope I'm accurate because okay. I, I heard the story and I'm trying to think if I'm right or not. I think so. <laughs> don't, don't, I know. I don't be, say on the air. Who, I, don't say on the air who you want. I gotta be careful. <laughs> Um, anyway, I'm right. It's the fourth Thursday of November in the United yes. States. So okay. I was just confirming with uh, the folks at Wikipedia who were kind enough to uh, give me an answer immediately. I don't know how they do that. They're amazing. Thing. You go to Wikipedia, and all of a sudden, you're very knowledgeable. Um, anyway, so there you have it. Thing we look forward. We will see you on. Uh, oh, thank you for reminding me. Someone called with a question. Yes. It's amazing what people glean from our conversations. Okay. They want to know how it's possible. Yes. To to ascend an elephant without a ladder, wouldn't one need a ladder to get on top of an elephant? The answer is, I was there. I was standing there. There, there is no ladder. You have to, you have to like grab a hold of and and like, like the saddle, the big uh, saddle, something like that, and and and, and pull yourself up. Wow. That's right. It's it it's very very difficult. I couldn't do it. Very difficult to get on top of 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 an elephant. Right. 
And I remember, um, I remember, you know, uh, Avram Fried, who's like, you know, very skinny and right. right, like, like he tried and he couldn't do it. And I mean, there was nobody. It, it, you really need. Ah, some, I wish I would have been there then. You really <laughs> need somebody, you know, like a like a bellow to be able to do that. Was he with Big Apple ever? Yeah, he was at that show. He was on right. the he was on the elephant. No, was he with Big Apple? I asked. Oh, he was many times. In fact, where is he now? He, he retired. Is no, he actually, you know, he freelances all over the world. Will he be there December tenth? No, he's busy. Um, I, I I had called him to see if he could make like a guest appearance, but but he's busy. But it's um, what country is he in that day? I don't know. I don't know. Can we work something out then? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> So he could get on an elephant, you're saying? He could do it. He could, and he could ride it by right. standing on the elephant, right. even without the... The most the, amazing thing Bello did in all the shows we did with him, which was a lot, we've done, right. I mean, you did obviously many more than I did, but even I have been at many shows with him. The most amazing thing he does is walking in that balancing wheel. You know, right. that thing that goes... Correct. That, that's unbelievable. But that's what he did in... in um when he was on, what's the name of the television show? Oh, America's Got Talent? Talent, yeah. I didn't even realize that. That yeah. must be on YouTube. We're going to watch that. He was there three times. He got to wow. the final, but he didn't win. Very cool. <laughs> How do these things happen? I don't know about them. So it is not easy to get on top of an elephant. No, not easy at all. And no ladder allowed. Forget about required. No at ladder allowed. Must be done independent of any ladder. I'm glad we cleared that up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wouldn't have been able to go through the day without that piece of information. <laughs> Uh, Ding, I thank you. Go to jewishtickets.com later today, and thank you. and you can order your tickets to the Big Apple Circus. Simple yeah. line. Oh, Uncle Maishi. Uncle Maishi will be there. I hear he's Do a big it. hit. That he, uh, the young Uncle Maishi, I hear he's a big, big hit. Thing. Amazing. Really, really amazing. And uh, thank you. Do you him. like working with him? I love it. Love nice. it. Nice. Love it. And, uh, and he'll go anywhere you ask him to go. Oh, yeah. He said two shows December 10th. Uh, he said, uh, I'm in for uh, both shows December 10th. Uh, <laughs> We're still waiting. Anybody want to book an evening show? <laughs> <laughs> and you're in Manhattan anyway. Any, any Manhattan neighborhood who wants Uncle Maisha at the last, the very last minutes of, of Hanukkah, you, you contact Dig and Sookie and Dig. Thank you very much. Go to jewishtickets.com. And oh. support Chazak. Yeah. And don't, uh, don't wait too long because the history of these shows is that they sell out what's very the, quickly. What's the capacity? Around? around? Maybe, uh, about three and a half thousand. All right. The 7,000 tickets. And as you indicated, they can go pretty fast. Yeah. I mean, the garden, when we did the garden, it was 20,000 and it was sold out. Wow. New York Times did an article about that. I have it hanging in my office. Yeah. They were uh, intrigued by the whole thing. That's why the people in the circus, yeah. the, the higher up, like to them, it was, it was more than just making a couple of dollars. It was... Great more, publicity. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, then the... Uh, what do they call it? the animal rights? Yeah. Uh, PETA, whatever it is. They got a hold of them, and that was the end of that. Yeah. I'm not a thousand percent sure that that, that was the real Oh, reason. that's funny, because I am. <laughs> yeah? I think so, yeah. Once uh, you, or whatever. This is not for now, but what? <laughs> I don't think that, personally, I don't think that that somebody would not go to a circus just because there's no elephants. Like, I don't think the elephants was such a big drawer that people, I mean... Well, first of all, it's not just elephants. It's other animals okay, as well. Okay. And, yes. and and I remind you yes. that one of the best things about the circus is yeah. the pre-circus parade that right. kids loved. And right. what was the biggest thing in that parade? Was the elephants. elephants. Okay. So, I don't know. I don't know.
I guess I'm not such a big uh, fan. For the- also, I think there's something else psychological when 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 the Hamon Am sees a an, uh, sees a a corporation an outfit cave in to something which is completely against well, their the interests. That I think I think psychologically people are, people don't aren't attracted to losers; they're attracted to winners. So, and that was a losing battle. So. That's a shame. Yeah. All right. With all that As in mind, you know, those people, those people, were also anti, anti kosher and anti circumcision, circumcision, yeah. and all these things. Also, right. they so, have many, but, many different. Uh, they have many different impositions that they would like to uh, uh, to dictate and force upon uh, other groups. Many, many people say that the, the whole reason that. Uh, Hashem is free today. Was that the whole thing started because of of the animal rights that they as an anti-ritual slaughter, right, right? Right, and that's why the, whatever the people got onto the case and 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 caused this whole thing. Right. Anyway, that's uh, the theory. I think it's more than a theory. Theory. We'll call it a theory for our purposes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the podcast. Happy Hanukkah Day. You too. <laughs> Hanukkah? Go have a donut. Uh, Big Apple Circus, Monday, December the 10th. Two shows. Go to jewishtickets.com. You are listening to JM in the AM.
in the AM with Yehuda Green. Want to thank Ding. Circus is uh, coming to town, or we're heading to the circus. Big Apple Circus, December 10th, last day of Hanukkah. JewishTickets.com, JewishTickets.com. Want to thank our friends at Bedford on Park. Remember, when you are in New York City, a delicious lunch and a delicious dinner option is Bedford on Park. Right in Midtown at 61 East 34th Street, at the corner of 34th and Park Avenue. In New York City, they're planning their holiday parties right now, Hanukkah celebrations, uh, get-togethers for your staff and your volunteers um, to express your thanks for the job they've done in 2018. Sheva Brachas, they'll do it right there in the center of Manhattan right after work. Check out Bedford on Park. Amazing menu, including a delicious prime cowboy 32-ounce cut steak, uh, incredible side dishes, wonderful starters and salads, great soups, all under the uh, supervision of Chef Alex, who is so amazing. Uh, your holiday party, your Shevabrachos, your Thanksgiving dinner, uh, your Hanukkah celebration, 61 East 34th Street in New York City, Bedford-on-Park. Go to bedfordkitchen.com. Make sure to mention you heard it here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com on the Nachum Siegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSNF. Wraps up an amazing and incredible uh, Wednesday morning here at JMM. My thanks to David Rubin. My thanks to Ding. My thanks to all of you for tuning in. Tomorrow we're back starting at 6 a.m. Coming up next, Bite Size with Yoni Pollock. He'll feature an interview that Joanna Shebson has done with um, Barbara Shaw of Barbara Shaw Gifts in the German colony in Jerusalem. At 11 a.m., it's live lunch with Avrami. Make sure to be tuned in and have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, I'll come to go reminding you. Remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.